Hi friends, this is Sunny. And this week we are merging the topic from two of my podcasts, not just this on Cherry Conversations, but also a sunny look at the Bible. What we're doing is we're going to talk today with Casey, who's been with me every week of the Revelation study. So for eight weeks, we've taken eight hours. I had worked on 30 hours of content for one hour of teaching every week and released eight podcasts on A Sunny Look at the Bible, on the study of the book of Revelation and the end times. So Casey joined me today on Cherry Conversations so that we can talk about what we learned. Like we summarize eight hours into 25 minutes, but we do it. It's pretty fun. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cherry Conversations. I'm so excited about this week with our homemade. We still have a homemade sign. We do. <laughs> That's been with us for weeks now, but we love it. And uh, we're really excited about this week's conversation because Sunny and I just, we just get to have a conversation with each other. Which is awesome on I know. Zoom. I it's know. the best. I love it. I love it. But what I love about this week is we're talking about we have not even touched this topic on Cheery Conversations like we ever. And so I'm super excited about it. We're going to talk about the book of Revelation. And I love, ah! yeah, and I love when Pastor Sonny talks about the book of Revelation because it's not Revelations, it's Revelation. <laughs> So anyway, yes, no S. No S. And so I love that, but um, Sunny has been doing an in-depth study of this book, and she has done it every week for the past, it'll be seven weeks once this airs. Eight, and eight, Yes, you're right. Yeah. Right. And seven I, weeks, and then we're going to do an eighth week for Q&A. Yes. And it's yes. just like every week has just been building, building, building. And I know for me, Revelation has always been one of those books of the Bible that is almost like... I'm not sure I want to read it or because I read it like when, when I was younger, that was always the book of the Bible I wanted to read if because it was going to be spooky, you know, like spooky. Ghost stories. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so I love the teaching that you've been doing and we just wanted to, to share that with all of our viewers and listeners and uh, give you guys an opportunity to... Um, hear more about it and then if you're if you love this conversation you can go back and hear all of it um we'll talk about how you can do that too once we end this conversation today but uh like pastor sunny because when you do the teaching i always think pastor sunny um, <laughs> I'm, I'm pastor in this context versus pastor sunny. just sunny in other contexts yes so what why did you want to do like such an in-depth study mm. on the book of revelation because the week that we were shuttered in place, that we had to stay home, I went, do, 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 do. Like, is this the end times? Like, we have never been told, stay in your house. Yeah. And I had watched in China that drones were following people and telling them to go home. And I remember watching that in like February, March and thinking, this feels like the end times. Who does that? China's crazy. <laughs> and then, we're told to stay at home and then we have to get essential business worker letters printed out for certain staff yeah because we didn't know if we were going to be pulled over and arrested if we left our house and i remember thinking but how are they going to know if you're going to the grocery store or not so it was all very eerie to me and i was curious like does revelation say like is this 
is this the end times? Because this sure feels that way. And I knew the only way to find that out was to read Revelation. And frankly, I thought I might start like I have many times and then not understand it fully and yeah. shut it. So Casey, you asked, who wants to lead a life group? And I went, if I do a Revelation life group, I have to study it so I can teach it. So the best way to go and research and to know a lot is when you have to teach it. Yeah. So that's why, because yeah. I wanted to know if, and I thought I was gonna debunk or I was going to, you know, stop the thoughts that we're in the end times. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I thought at first this'll be eerie, but I bet it'll prove we're not. Yeah. And you've been with me the whole seven weeks, seven hours of teaching, and you've seen the ride, right? Yeah. That at times I go, oh my gosh, I think we're in the middle of the tribulation. <laughs> and then I, I read and research further and I go, okay, we're not in the tribulation, but we are in the latter of the last days. Yeah. We are. What I really loved about it is I think a misconception is that the book of Revelation is all imagery and all like right. something you have to kind of decode, but not just the book of Revelation, but the Bible, it's literal. And so yeah. I love how you have been going through it with us and saying, okay, so this was written before there were actually airplanes flying in the air and cars driving on the highway. But because that couldn't be described in those words, I love how you are diving into it and, and teaching us that like, this is what it means in like, it is relevant to now and kind of connecting to the dots that of what's going on today was mm -hmm. written in this book. And so I I love that. So could you maybe share with our listeners and viewers something that would typically be in the book of Revelation that is like, you know, oh, like, like the white horse or something that seems like it's like this imagery, but really can be pointed to something that's really happening. Right. Well, the white horse represents military force and power. So yes, that's an image, but it's really talking about uh, military. And the way we know that is when we look at the context of the Jewish culture, which said that someone riding on a white horse is reflecting military power. And that's why when they thought Jesus would ride in on a white horse mm -hmm. or the Messiah would, but he rode in on a donkey, that's way more significant than just a donkey or a white horse. It meant that he came in on a donkey on Palm Sunday and he was riding in on the animal that represented peace. So he was a Messiah, not coming in economic and military strength, but coming in peace to save the world. That's why Orthodox Jews don't believe he's the Messiah because they're still waiting for the guy to ride in and to fix things militarily, economically. And so in Revelation, that is what he will actually do. Instead of a donkey, he will come in and, and well, and this is what's great is that Revelation shows us that the Antichrist will actually try to uh, act like he's the Messiah and will confuse people. The Antichrist is not gonna come in looking like a beast with horns and a tail. Right. He's gonna come in and he's already been raised and he's already a normal dude from somewhere that has some influence and then he will be possessed by the devil and the white horse is saying that he will take power through economic and military conquest. 
So the white horse, I mean, it represents way more than a white horse and some imagery in the sky. It means the Antichrist will bring peace first. He'll bring peace to Israel, which is what they've been waiting for. And we see Israel in the headlines all the time. Um, it talks about the East, that um, the, the beast and, and the kings will come from the East. That's Russia and China. And Russia and China are on the radar. And so that's why people who maybe even all the way to conspiracy theorists would say, oh my gosh, look at all that Russia's in the news. Well, Russia was Magog in the Bible. In the Old Testament or in Revelation, it talks about Magog, which is present day Russia. And it says there will be a war in the end with Magog. That's who will be involved in the war of Armageddon. When you know that, you know that Russia is poised for that. There will be another superpower in the end. China is from the east of Israel. I mean, there's just the imagery, like you said, it's yeah. imagery, but it's not just like some fluffy dream that we decode with with no idea how to decode it. We can decode it yeah. just through Jewish history and context. So good. Uh, a couple of things you said reminded me of some things that you brought out in the study. Um, for sure, there's so much interest week after week on the mark of the beast. I think that's yes. something that people have a lot of questions on. And in that, I have heard other people say like, well, what if I'm accidentally tricked? Like, what if I'm tricked into yeah. getting this mark? And I love what you said, and, the, and please like go more into that, because I know that is a, a big thing right now. But right. you said um, God is God's not trying to trick us. He's he's not he's not going to confuse us. He's not going to trick us. That we as believers will know very clearly. Um, but so I love that because I think it gives people some like peace of mind because it can seem really scary. But talk more about that and like some of the other conversations you've had around like Mark of the Beast is typically one of those things that people are very interested in and can like point to a lot of different things right now. Yeah, well, there is the Microsoft patent that came out. I mean, it's been in production for this microchip, but Microsoft got the patent on 32620. That's March 26, 2020, when America was in lockdown. And it's a Microsoft patent for a microchip that contains our identity and could be used for currency so we don't have to carry cash. So we can have our health record embedded in the piece, a piece of rice size microchip embedded in us. And many would say, oh my gosh, is that the mark of the beast? We'll get this. The, the patent is 2020-06-06-06. So when you go to Snopes, it says it's only partly true. It doesn't say 666, it says 060606. And of course, that's where you see people freaking out about Bill Gates and they're like, is he the antichrist? Or <laughs> is he part of this because it's his patent and, and all of that. And then there's some other things that have that have been spread out there about the mark of the beast. Here's the thing that is important once you do know what Revelation says, and that is that God is waiting to come back so all of us can be warned, so he can get all of our attention, so we can be warned, so we never have to live through a tribulation where we will be forced to either get the mark of the beast or to be killed we actually are being warned right now. And if those warnings come in the way of there's a patent that's 060606, then use that opportunity to like, oh, oh my gosh, this was prophesied. Maybe this Bible thing is legit. 
uh, rather than, than worry about, well, what if I have to get it? Because here's the thing, those who believe in Jesus will be raptured, will be taken up, meet him in the air in the twinkling of an eye. There's no decoding when that date is. It's just going to happen first then that will trigger the tribulation that will go for seven years. And in the tribulation, we will be forced to get the mark of the beast. So right now, the confusion and the fear is, am I going to get a vaccine that's the mark of the beast? No. Now, I believe we, because we're in the latter of the last days, this is a dress rehearsal. One, for God to get our attention and have us yeah. turn our heart to him. But two, for the enemy and people that are being used by the enemy, some of them yeah. unknowingly, to see, oh, if we require everyone get a vaccine or we require dye or or digital scanning under their skin to prove that they got a vaccine, will they allow us? Now that's gonna come, that, that dress rehearsal or that let's see if this works, that's gonna come before the actual mark of the beast because we won't be confused by the mark of the beast. We And some would say, well, okay, but what if the vaccine is the mark of the beast? Well, first there will be the rapture. If a third of the population disappear off the face of the earth in the rapture, be sure that if you're still here, you may be forced to get the mark of the beast. But at that point, for another two thirds of the people left on earth, they're gonna be saying, a lot of those people are gonna be saying, of course we need to do it. How do we know who's vaccinated? Of course we need a microchip because then we don't have to carry cash. And here's the thing, the dress rehearsal yeah. that's already been going on has been going on for years. I look at my phone and it face recognizes to unlock my screen. That, totally. that is a form of, of where the microchip is headed, that it's out of convenience. That yeah. you just, you know, or my thumbprint was the first thing. Thumbprint, unlock your Apple phone. Now face recognition. Um, so all of this has been leading to what the revelation predicted, which Revelation predicted that in the end days, we would be a cashless society. We would be a one world government with one form of currency. It would predict that it, you couldn't even buy a bag of bread. So I can tell you when I saw the uh, toilet paper going off the shelf, when I heard that bread companies were not able to fulfill the order, I started to go, oh my gosh, like there's not going to be enough bread. This is the end times. Again, this is this is going to desensitize. The Satan wants to use this time to desensitize us yes. so that when the rapture happens, one, we think aliens abducted, or we think everybody died in one moment from a crazy pandemic that took a third of the population in one moment, rather than it getting people's attention that no, we were raptured by God. They're going to think, oh, we've been through pandemics before. Something killed everybody all at once because the enemy wants us to think it's aliens or it's pandemic or it can be explained away. Yeah. And we do have to be wise, but we're not gonna be tricked into anything that that um, before we have the option to be raptured. Although some people who are wishy-washy, they won't be raptured. And then they will be in, in the ball game of, they wanna insert this microchip into me. So yeah. It's and in both. There's an urgency right now, yes, but we don't have to fear as long as we serve Jesus. We don't have to fear because he's going to take us before the true tribulation comes. Yeah, um, I know. I I think if you've grown up in the church at all, I know I've heard like my mom 
like we're saying, oh, we're, we're, it's close to Jesus coming back. But I yeah. remember my mom, my mom's in that. Oh, it's close for Jesus. And then her mom, it, Jesus is coming back. It just feels like Jesus is coming back. So like it says, we, we won't know. Um, and no one can predict it, but it feels like, you know, like generation after generation has something that points them to like, oh, this is the end times. Right. Right. But um, what do you ha what do you say about because a lot of people have seen. So I think it's unfortunate that um, like Revelation and times almost seems. Well, there's lots of movies about it and the apocalypse yeah. and Armageddon. Like that's pretty much in our culture. Like you don't have to be a church person to know what Armageddon right. and the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. And so it's unfortunate then that there's also these other things that make headlines like certain people will say, oh, the world's going to end in 2012 and then it doesn't happen. And so then when you it, get, right, yes. Right. And so then when we try to have the conversations based on what's in the Bible, some people kind of sweep it away. Like they well, write it off. Yeah. yeah. So how can you yeah. explain to someone like, well, why, why would there be these people who believe in the Bible who say that it was going to, you know, the world was going to end in 2012. And then before that, there was another, the world was going to end. Like why, why would, why would, why would some people say that or believe that? Right. Well, okay. So I really, I really want to point to the fact that I do believe we're in the latter of the last days and that it is a dress rehearsal for, to get us ready. And what it does is it gets some ready to turn to Jesus and it hardens some hearts and it gets, it gets some people to even reject him more because Satan is doing a dress rehearsal too. So you've yeah. got God who's like, I'm patient to come because I want to give everybody a chance to receive me. So he's patient. He's between the tension of, I want to come quickly. I've been saying I will come soon since Jesus ascended back to heaven. I've been saying the time is near because yeah. he wants an urgency, not just to live with him in eternity, but to live a full life on earth. So he has been patient when he really wants to come sooner. And Satan has been setting the stage that he can bring false, he's the father of lies. So he can bring movies like I Am Legend and he can have books and have these crazy false prophets because there's multiple false prophets. There'll be an ultimate yeah. one in the end, but we've had dress rehearsals of that false prophet and that false prophet. And they're predicting when the end is coming. And then when it doesn't happen, it leaves people throwing up their hands saying, see, it's all a, it's all a joke. And yeah. it's again, the father of lies coming along God, who is the father of truth, saying, turn to me now. I've given you, 1918 was a pandemic where people were thinking the end was near. Yep. Isn't that good to think I better get my life right? I believe the reason every generation, every century has thought they're in the very end times is because God is using it to get our attention. He's trying to pull us in and change our, our trajectory. Uh, but Satan's been doing the same thing. The reason I do believe that, and of course, common sense says we're closer to the end of times than ever before. Then 30 years ago, we weren't as close as we are now. That's right. obvious. But how do we know that we're so close? Well, we've not had the technology to be a one, a single cash, uh, a cashless society. We've not had that technology. The 666, that's really not even, it could be um, that it's a microchip or it could be something, a spinoff. It could be a some ink that becomes like a URL code that's yeah. 
that is even more technological, but we're actually closer to that. It's not like we're gonna have written on our forehead 666. And I talk about that in one or more weeks of the study, that 666 is when you line up Greek alphabet with numbers, it's the numbers of that name. And Nero at the time, Nero was the most vicious ruler they had ever they had ever thought about. And we do the same today in our times. We look at who's the worst person on earth and we compare things, or who's the greatest person on earth. Oh, he's like Billy Graham, he loves Jesus so much. And we, we use that. He just was using 666 to, to represent narrow or mm -hmm. those who would be that awful in the end. So we're not gonna get the numbers stamped on our forehead anyway. But we are so close because um, the things are lining up together. The climate change and all the earthquakes and the fires, that's lining up with a pandemic, which li is lining up with famine that's been going yeah. on forever, which right. is lining up with technology to actually see some of these things happen that have never been possible before. So I do believe we're close. Like tomorrow, if the trumpet blew and we went up, wouldn't surprise me. A year from now, wouldn't surprise me. 10 or 20 years, if we're still holding out on earth, which would be God, again, holding out, wanting more to turn to him because he loves us all, mm -hmm. I would be a little surprised. But again, yeah, you know, I'm sure that your mom was surprised that another 30 years have gone by. Um, right. Because here's the other thing. In the, in the scope of eternity, 20 years is very short to God. A hundred years is very short to God. In fact, there'll be after Armageddon, there'll be a thousand year, there'll be a millennial reign of God with Satan put aside. I'm like, gosh, he's gonna have another thousand years after the tribulation, after Armageddon. He's still trying to get people to come to him Yeah. at that point. Like he's so patient, yeah. but we do have to be on our toes. That's the, that's the answer um, to all of Revelation is, are you gonna choose God or not? Like, yeah. why are you messing around with this? That's yeah. the big point. That's so good. Um, when, as you're talking, I, I imagine people listening or watching, and I think sometimes, like, do you think people get fearful when they learn these things? And how do we combat yeah. that? Because there's a, there is an answer to yeah. not having to be afraid of any of this. Um, right. And the yeah. more you know, the, the more it should push us to to God, to Jesus. But what do you say to people who like maybe get anxiety over over some of these details and what you're talking about? What would what would you say to them? Well, here was what I would say. If you are fearing and you have anxiety, then you just need to ask yourself, am I afraid I'm not gonna go to have, like I'm not really choosing Jesus? Because that's the only thing that yeah. that would bring fear or anxiety. Because if I am good with God, like I fully yeah. not just believe him, serve him, love him, he's my number one priority. If anything, I'm more excited now. I mean, I've said more often than ever in my life, like, you know what? I used to say, not until I have grandkids. Now I'm like, God, come now. This is awesome. This will be incredible. <laughs> Where fear and anxiety comes from is when we're fearing that our life isn't lined up. Yeah. And I do think a fear of God is, is good. And actually Proverbs talks about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I want a fear of the Lord. I don't want a fear of Satan or a fear of the unknown, but learning revelation and learning the Bible has made me 
fear the Lord, which actually brings me comfort and wisdom and insight. And it's made me more expectant and excited for him coming back. Yeah. So if you're feeling that, I think that it's a good question because if you're and you and if you want to learn like all of this, of course, you can go to the podcast that we're going to share the link of Sunny Look at the Bible, where I do the seven weeks plus an eighth week of Q&A or um, on my YouTube, the full videos, because it's seven hours of information. Because if after getting all of the information, you still feel fear and anxiety, that's probably the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart to get your life right. That's not that that revelation or God confused you. Yeah. I am not worried about Bill Gates. I'm actually standing back now and going, this is interesting. Like, look at these drones. Like, huh. Like, it's actually, uh, it's actually encouraging to me and exciting to see that God is trying, like, way outdoing Satan. Yeah. And Satan's trying to get his things accomplished. And God's outdoing him. But we're watching the end times unfold like never before. And I think that's a bit exciting. But I also know mm-hmm. that... If I were to die today, I don't think all roads lead to heaven. I don't think my crystals get me to the other side of the planet. I don't think we just disappear. Like, no, this is a this is a dividing of bone from marrow. This is a dividing of sheep from goats or wheat from chaff. And all of these analogies are, do you choose him? And yeah. Jesus is the only way, or do you choose whatever goes? Cause how's that working for people? whatever goes. And then I need to get on, I need to read this book now because that self-help book left me feeling void and empty and my crystals are not the answer. And my meditation onto the universe and the trees are not fulfilling me. So like, how's that working for you? If all roads lead there, they don't all lead there. Yeah. Jesus is the only way. The Orthodox Jews who have set their life aside to wait for that Messiah on the white horse have already had their Messiah come in on a donkey. He just didn't look the way they wanted or expected. So they're choosing to not soften their heart to him. And he's going, I'll do whatever it takes that you will soften your heart to me. And I think he's doing yeah. that. You as a viewer or a listener, he has, he's trying, he's pulling out all the stops. And if fear and anxiety is the thing that is used because the enemy's trying that, but that's the thing that pushes you into the arms of Jesus, then good. Like he yeah. wants you to come to him. So I've loved everything about Revelation. Everything I, about it. I, that's so great. And when you're using like the words exciting with this conversation, that's really the point of these conversations. Mm-hmm. Because we talk about a lot of things that people may not associate with as cheery. But the, at the right. core, <laughs> at the core, yes. it's because we know that if Jesus is your center and your focus, you have hope and you have a joy that's beyond what the world has to offer. And so, so, yeah. yeah. When you said that, I mean, let's be honest, cheery conversations doesn't sound like, (laughs) we're gonna talk about the fear of the Lord. (laughs) The fear of the Lord makes me cheery. Like that sounds strange, but that is the truth. Where do I get my joy? I get it from fearing a God that we all want to know what we're to do, what we're not to do. We want to know boundaries. We want to know the the fence and the protection. We're yeah. we're literally sheep looking for 
someone to keep us in the boundaries because when left unto ourselves, we do things like kill out of racism and and destroy people all over social media with our words. Like that's what to, to each their own does. So yeah. to become cheery is to fear a God who's got it all under control. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. And juicy topics. I mean, it's pretty juicy <laughs> to be like, is Bill Gates the Antichrist? <laughs> no, so he's probably juicy. not the Antichrist. Although, could he be? I don't know. I mean, somebody's going to bring peace to Israel. I don't know that he has the authority to sign a peace treaty with Israel. There are things that we can look to. So um, I know we have to wrap it up today, but yeah. Casey, you can tell our viewers and listeners again how to get to the full seven hours, yeah. one hour at a time of this study. Absolutely. There's seven hours of content, um, but there there's like so much that Pastor Sunny puts in into it to get us that seven hours. And so it's really like the way that you can start studying the Bible, like you can do what Pastor Sunny does, which is just get in your word and use your resources. Yes. So the resource um, for this, if you want to know more about the book of Revelation, you can listen to it on podcast. It's called A Sunny Look at the Bible. And you can easily find it at podcast.lifechurchgreenbay.com. It's on all major podcast platforms. Uh, or you can watch it on Sunny's YouTube channel and it will be under the A Sunny Look at the Bible playlist. So we hope you check it out. There is so much you can get from this and it's not just one of those like, well, I just can't understand it, so I'm not gonna do it. Like Pastor Sunny breaks it down for you just like in this conversation, but even more. Yeah. And if you would like to connect with me, I'd love that. You can go to SunnyHennessy.com. There's a way that you just contact me. We can start to communicate. That's happened for many. I've gotten emails from some of you. Thank you for that. So just go to SunnyHennessy.com. And thanks for being with us on A Cheery Conversation. Thanks guys for watching. <laughs>